Sarah figured out that by switching to MetroPCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Business Confidential. This is not the fluffy nice-to-know stuff. It's the on-the-money, must-have information you've got to know to sidestep traps that can sabotage your business growth, wealth, and success. With your host, Ivy League trained business expert and no-nonsense lawyer, Hannah Hassel-Keltner. Welcome to Business Confidential, friends. I'm Hannah Hassel-Keltner, your host, and I'm delighted to have you join me today. This program is made possible thanks to our sponsor, the Legal Leverage Academy, a division of the management company, Business MO. And in January, we're going to be moving the show to a new platform thanks to your continued support. We're going to be moving to our own website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And more on that move as we get closer. But in the meantime, you can continue to listen to all of our past episodes right here on Blog Talk Radio. Today, we're going to focus on sales strategies and tips for entrepreneurs and what smart businesses need to know about sales, the process. Sales is a key ingredient of every business, regardless of whether you're selling a service or a product. Sales is what generates the revenue, the cash flow, it pays the bills, fuels business growth, and generates business wealth. And in many ways, it's the heartbeat of your business. But if you're starting a new business and sales is not your thing, it's not your area of expertise, say you're a chemist by training or an accountant or a software engineer or a graphic artist, anything but a sales professional, the whole process of selling may feel like a turnoff. And even if you know in your heart it's essential to your business success, you just avoid it. But then on the other hand, maybe your business has already been experiencing some success and your challenge is figuring out how to get more sales how to break into new circles of influence so you can make your business grow. Here to help us today to answer some of those questions associated with those challenges is today's guest, Mr. Jim Joyce. Now, Jim has a very impressive background, and I'm so excited to have him here today. He's president of Sales Partners, where he helps companies, institutions, and individuals work effectively and efficiently to achieve their greatest potential. He's a certified master sales trainer, and prior to forming sales partners, he's held a number of very senior sales management positions for companies with annual revenue ranging from over $20 billion to less than $5 million. And he was able to achieve his sales targets over 90% of the time. Now, that's a remarkable success rate. And I would imagine that some of you would be satisfied with even 80% or something less than that anything, as long as there's growth. And in addition to the fine work that Jim does through Sales Partners, Inc., he also coaches and judges business programs at the University of North Carolina's Keenan Flagler Business School, Duke University's Fuqua School of Business, and he conducts seminars and classes for technical community colleges in North Carolina, the Chamber of Commerce, professional organizations, and private industry. It is such a privilege to have him here today with us Welcome to Business Confidential, Jim. Thank you, Hannah. 
Oh, it's great to have you here, Jim. You know, I, I think people are a little scared sometimes of the sales process if, if that's not their area of expertise, if they're not a trained sales professional and have the years of experience that you do. So, so tell us, what's going on in the world of sales today? What is the state of sales today? Hannah, sales today is more competitive than it's ever been before. We have more people selling more offerings through more channels, the Internet as an example, than we've ever had before. Plus, the buyers are more sophisticated. They have a chance to examine every possible angle of every product or service, again, through the Internet or through other research venues. And so it's a much more challenging environment than it's ever been. What's the best way to tackle an environment like that? Well, I think that... uh, Having a process is really the key. Uh, If you know what the sales, most people don't have a sales process or most businesses don't have a a good sales process. But if you have a process and you know where the customer is in the process, doesn't matter where you are, where the customer is in the process and what's next, it makes selling a lot easier. So that combined with a good sales plan and and a full-function CRM, Customer Relationship Management System, can go a long way toward overcoming those challenges. So would you say that that's the biggest challenge that's, that's facing small and mid-sized businesses today? I think the biggest challenges, Hannah, are two. I think differentiating one's offering. Successful companies hang their hat on either the lowest price, the best product, or the best customer service. And and so the very successful companies do that, and we should do that as well. Uh, the other one is not being able to consistently reach the decision maker. So nowadays, time is of the essence. People are busy, don't want to be bothered, quote-unquote, with salespeople. So being able to reach that decision maker is the key way to overcome some challenges. Well, how do you suggest someone go about doing that? What are some, some tips or strategies that you've employed in the past that have been successful in being able to maybe identify and then get through to the key decision makers? Well, I think a lot of people, Hannah, don't spend enough time in market research. You know, targeting. They try to boil down an ocean of 7 billion people or so instead of trying to figure out who are the really most likely buyers and where, where do they sit if they, if they already have uh, a dramatic need for your offering. Chances are they've identified the supplier, so, and they've probably picked out somebody that's not you. So I think having a good market research, being able to target your market effectively is one good way. And then reaching out to those people with a series of communications, series of touches, is very important. Consistent, value-added uh, messages. I think those are ways that uh, to help get past some of these. What's the best way to reach out? Would you recommend email? Is hard copy, letters? I mean, what's the best way to try and actually get in front of someone, especially if it's a larger company, if they've got gatekeepers? The single best way is networking. It's being able to come in warm, if you will, through a mutual acquaintance or through a trusted advisor. That's the best way. In addition, though, the old ways still work. We, we sometimes talk about seven marketing initiatives, so email, yes, phone calls, advertising, Social media, all of those are ways of getting your name and offering in front of folks. As I said, I'm big on networking because I think if you can, if you can make it a warm meeting, it's going to save a lot of time and embarrassment and effort. Nobody really likes cold calls, not, not the recipient nor the caller. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. 
So in in your experience, I mean, I, I just was blown away by your success rate over the years. Over 90% of your sales target were reached. What was the key to that success? My key was really taking the time to understand the customer and his or her environment, putting myself in their shoes, what is their pain, what's causing them problem, can I envision that if I was sitting in their shoes, can I envision my my issues with what they have, and then how and then offering some suggestions on how to overcome those. If those suggestions were my product or offering, that's well and good. If they weren't, then they looked at me as a helpful resource, and when it came time for my offering, they picked me. Interesting, interesting. So how often were you in front of the customer? What kind of frequency? As often as they wanted me to be, Hannah. Uh, I always asked, I, I tried to provide value for each and every touch. And if I provided value, then they'd want me to be in front of them, either in person or on the email or some like that. Uh, so I tried to add value all the time, and I would always ask them, when is the next time we should get together? And so one of my tenets that I have for myself is, when in doubt, ask the customer. But there is that key follow-up question at the end, which I think you just gave away. When's the next time we should be able to get together, right? Exactly. You know, if they okay. say six months from now, I probably am not going to wait that long, <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> if they're really a, an excellent target prospect. But I generally go by what they tell me, and, and then I might touch base halfway between the time to see if that's still a good time or if they want to move that up or back. Very good. You know, I'd like to come back to something you said uh, a few minutes ago about the process. Can you break that down for me a little bit? Let's talk about the, the, the sales process and where you see in your experience in the past companies that have made mistakes or where things are most likely to break down. And maybe folks need to focus on and look at their own process and say, well, maybe, A, we don't have a process, or B, we have a weak process and here's the weak link. What what factors go into a good process, a good sales process? Well, there's it's no mystery. I mean, you can look at the Internet and find lots of different sales processes, and the one I use is rather generic. But, again, I go back to the customer. So what I do, Hannah, is I start out with a generic sales process, introduction and uh, small talk and needs analysis and so forth. But what I do is I present that process to the customer. And I say something to the effect, we may never actually do business, but while we're talking, here's a process that my other customers seem to like. Is this something that would work for our interactions? If they say no, then I ask them what they want changed, and it becomes their process. And whatever the answer is, we then proceed along that process, and we know where we are. Bad salespeople tend to start out with the closing the last step, or the next to the last step in the process. So, and that turns off the customer because it shows that no, but that the salesperson doesn't really care about them or their issues. So we have, again, there's a lot of generic sales processes there. I think you should have one, adopt it for your own, tweak it to make it work for you, and then present. Don't be afraid to present it to the customer. So when we're talking about process, I like to make this a little bit more tangible. Let's say someone is selling interior design services, just to make it more tangible. So if someone is selling interior design services, what would the process look like? Well, the first step in the process is to make sure that you have an offering that's going to be beneficial to the world and that somebody wants it. And so again, that goes into target marketing, market research. So that would be one step. Once you've identified who those prospects might be, then you want to be able to reach out to them 
somehow through various media. In this day and age, of course, social media is very, very important. So customers uh, find you instead of you finding them. And and then also whatever the message is, this is how I'm going to help you. I'm going to help your, depending on why you're interested in interior design, you want your place to look better or to show better or something like that, the image is important to you. I'm going to really focus on that. I'm going to find out what is important. Uh, and that's going to be my message to my prospective customers through all of my means of marketing communications, whether social media or traditional means. I'm going to have a consistent message of adding value. I'm going to provide you with the value that you're looking for. And if I consistently do that all over the, all over the various media, uh, pretty soon the message is going to get across. Okay. Once I've done so that, the message- then in, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So you've you've done okay. that. You're getting so once the I've got out the there. message out there, and in my sales world, it's business to business. So we need to get in front of the customer at some point. So we have an initial contact. That's the next step in our process. We've whet their appetite to the point where they're interested in speaking with me. We have an initial meeting, and that's very very important. It's important that we start off on the right foot, uh, ensuring that the reason for the meeting is still what it was when we made the appointment because sometimes things change. Take some time to have them realize that we do have some empathy for them. We understand their position. We have some small talk. We talk about their challenges. Then we get into really what are their needs for interior design. Why are they wanting to do that at this particular point in time? I usually try to identify three needs. Uh, I think that uh, incre- increases the chances of us coming to an agreement if we have three different uh, cha- three different challenges. Uh, after I hear what their challenges are and what impact a solution would have on their life, then I present my three offerings. I expect them to push back on these offerings at some point because that's normal human behavior. Right when you're ready to make a decision, you think you have second thoughts. Is this really the right thing? How am I going to explain this when I get home? That kind of stuff. Uh, so I ex- expect to get that. We talk through that. And once we get past that, then we try to close the sale. Closing is simply asking for the order. And people are not going to say, sell me, sell me. They're waiting for you to do something to nudge them over the line. There are many ways of doing that. So there's a lot of closing techniques you can look at. But the ones I like the most is called the summary close, which is why I like to have three offerings in the first place. I add up the summary of the benefits they agreed on. And then can we proceed? Once, Whether they proceed or not, I want to maintain a recreate and maintain a lasting relationship with that person. Because even if they don't buy, things may change. If they do buy, they may buy something else later. I want to be around to help them solve problems as we go forward. And the way I'd like to do that is through a customer relationship management system. Very, very formal. Identifies all the steps in your sales process, the needs that the customers have, the ways you've tried to reach out and touch them the ways you should be trying to in the future, and their issues, very customer-focused. That, to me, is a good process. Wow, that's great. That's great. And and what do you see the biggest mistakes that executives make with a process like that? Not taking the time to really plan it out, Hannah. Um, We're all so pressed for time these days where instead of ready, aim, fire, we're all into fire, fire, fire. And rather, we should have a good, solid plan for ourselves. Again, I'm, I am Jim, the lazy salesperson. I want somebody to tell me what the plan and the process should be. So I spend a lot of time working with customers, getting their input and their feedback through focus groups and surveys and one-on-one networking and so forth. So 
that I can develop a plan that is not only my plan, it's their plan. Very good. And what do you think the biggest reason is that sales are lost? Hannah, I think the very single largest reason is that salespeople don't ask for the order. And, of course, the reason for that, one of the reasons for that is they're afraid of rejection. But I think not asking for the order is the biggest reason that sales are lost. Closing is simply asking for the order. You know, now that we've identified some benefits that we can provide for you and how they're going to impact your life and your business, can we go forward? Very simple. Well, I like the way you've laid this out. You make this all sound very simple. But, you know, the one thing I find a very interesting thread through this is, is your reference to empathy. And it seems that some people, that at least some salespeople that I've dealt with and maybe some listeners have dealt with, don't appear to have a whole lot of empathy. And I'm thinking the, the used car salesman image pops to mind where they're just like, you know, well, this good this deal is good as long as you're here and if you walk off the lot, it's gone kind of thing. And, the, you know, the pressured sales. You know, what's, what's your opinion of those pressured sales tactics, Jim? I don't like that, I think. But, again, empathy, though, is, is an interesting thing. You mentioned used car salespeople, but even a pressure salesperson with strong empathy really putting themselves in the shoes of the customer. Why are you here today? What kind of car are you looking for? Why? How is having that kind of car going to help you? Even that kind of person can be very, very successful if they can put themselves in the customer's shoes. They know what buttons to push. I don't like to say it quite that way, but yes, they they know they re, they really get into the customer's head and their heart and find out why they're looking for whatever it is they want. They do it for the right reasons. Let's put it that way. When it's done that way, it's a good thing. That's right. I I believe in consultative selling, Hannah, putting one's finger on the pulse of the customer's problems and trying to help them with those problems. And truly solving a problem. Yes. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's talk about social media because social media is huge. It's everywhere these days. I mean, people are just so glued to their, their phones, their iPads, every electronic device under the sun. What do you see for the future of sales, or or how important is social media? How do you see that? I think social media is very important today, but but it depends on what it is that you're selling, and also it depends on what your where your customers are spending their time on social media. So if your customers are under are millennials, then you probably want to be using Instagram and Snapchat and things like that. On the other hand, if your customers are consumers then perhaps Facebook might be the media for you. Business to business might be LinkedIn. I think social media, though, is is very, very important, has been for a while, is gaining in importance. But the key is to find out where are your customers spending their time on social media. You know, If they're interested in graphics and arts and design, maybe they're spending time on Pinterest. And that's where you should be spending your time and, and effort and, um, and marketing money or, or uh, time is on the media that your customers are using. Very, very good. So you think that's the best approach to engaging with social media? It is. And, and again, my uh, old school is when in doubt, ask the customer. So I don't, have to, I don't hesitate to ask the customer, are they using social media where they spend their time? Because, again, we said earlier that nowadays customers tend to find you instead of you finding them uh, through social media, through referrals by, uh, by their peers, and so we want to know where they're spending their time so that we can be there. If they're on Facebook, we want to be on Facebook. If they're on Twitter, same thing. So it goes, keeps coming back to the research 
and making sure that anything you have out on the Internet has the, the proper search engine optimization for the target market that you're trying to reach. Exactly. Very good. Now, the one thing is when somebody has their own business or whether they're in charge of a division, at, at some point, nobody can do it all. They're going to have to hire salespeople. When somebody is looking to hire someone, because there's only one of you to go around, Jim, and as much as everyone would love to hire you, you know, like you, have, you said, there's only so much. What should somebody look for when hiring a salesperson and building a sales force? Well, we've said this a couple of times, but I, I, I believe in acute empathy. If you really are able to put yourself in the customer's shoes, and if you have, a, if you have the desire to want to do that, that's going to be one really strong trait for a salesperson, the desire to want to put themselves in the customer's shoes, understand their issues, understand the impact that those issues are having or will have on the customer. I think that's a, that's a real strong positive trait for a salesperson. Another trait, Hannah, is having a very strong ego drive to be successful. If someone really wants to be successful and they have a passion for the success of their effort, they're going to be successful. So I think those are the two traits that I usually look for in, in salespeople. And the mistakes I've made in hiring salespeople in my past have been not be able to read into somebody's heart to really have a grasp of what their passion is. Interesting. And, well, let me ask you this. I mean, the fact is salespeople often hear the word no a lot, and it could be for things that went wrong somewhere during the sales process. How do you counsel sales folks on the rejection part? Well, I think they, generally the reason for the rejection is they haven't spent enough time understanding the customer's issues and demonstrating how their offering can resolve those issues. So they spent more time trying to tell and sell rather than ask and answer. And, and usually objections or failure to close, as you just said, uh, have some origin earlier in the process. So I'm into spending a lot of time really understanding the customer and their needs. And I usually ask them for permission to ask these questions so that they're not think I'm just being nosy or pushing too hard. A minute for them, a minute to help them. In order to help them, i got to understand what their issues are and what the impact of those. And I think the mistake that salespeople made is, make is they get impatient. They want to close the sale. Uh, they think the sale is going to close each and every visit when, in fact, it may take several but really gaining an understanding of what that customer situation is and so forth, I think, is is the answer. Great. Well, I appreciate the outline that you've given us for a good process and some of the tips along the way for helping to make those processes more successful. I understand that you actually have a website with some sales tips. Can you tell us about that? Yes, we do have a website. It's, a, it's really kind of like a sales blog, and it's called DailySalesTip.com dailysalestip.com. There's 15 or 16 categories uh, from marketing research, marketing communication, sales, sales management, needs analysis, closing, etc. Categories by uh, a dozen or more authors, uh, and it's published. A new tip is published every single day. You can subscribe free email subscription at dailysalestip.com. You can sort by category, by author, by date. So if, if you said I seem to remember something last week. You can fish back and find that, and it's free. Well, you can't beat that. 
And certainly if uh, sales is not your area of expertise, it's always helpful to have a resource and certainly a free resource to refer to for some little guidance and a little online mentoring, if you will, to help keep you on track and get the sale. After all, it's so important and vital to business. Now, I know we're just about out of time here, Jim. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with? I think the closing thought is to be a professional, consultative salesperson. When you go to the doctor, the doctor doesn't say, get up on the table and let's operate. The doctor says, what brings you here? Where does it hurt? How can I help you? And I think if we maintain that attitude and that disposition, we're going to be very successful in sales. Great. Be the doctor, help diagnose, and then help them get better with your product or service. I love that. I love that. I hope you found Jim's perspective and tips helpful. If you have, please share this episode with your friends, your team, your business partners. One of the great things about Business Confidential is that this episode is being archived. It's being recorded. So it's available for you to share. And I'd also love for you to share your thoughts with me about today's show by leaving a comment on the show page or sending me a tweet. I'd love to hear from you. Next week, we'll be back with more practical business intelligence you need to succeed. So please mark your calendar and tune in to Business Confidential next Thursday. Even better, follow the show and you'll get instant updates on the fabulous guests that will give you more of the business intelligence you need and the scoop to succeed. Until then, thank you for tuning in, and a special thanks to our sponsor, the Legal Leverage Academy, the exclusive online learning experience for success-driven entrepreneurs who want to manage legal liabilities more effectively. This is Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, the no-nonsense lawyer, helping you build a more profitable, no-nonsense business because... You don't have time to waste on silliness. Be part of our ever-expanding inner circle and follow the show. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern and join host Hannah Hassel-Kelchner to hear experts and innovators share their powerful strategies, tactics, and tips. Don't miss a single episode of Business Confidential, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Sarah figured out that by switching to Metro PCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions. Sarah figured out that by switching to Metro PCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions.